0: This episode of the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast is sponsored by The Feed. For 15% off your feed order, visit the link in the show notes and use code FITCOOKIE15 at... Hey everybody, and welcome to today's episode. I am your host, Holly Samuel, and I'm a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and master of health education with a focus in eating disorders. And today we are talking with guest Genoa von Keekum, who is from Australia, and he is going to dive into the topic of meditation with us. He is a meditator and teacher of meditation to so many people. And I think the topic of meditation is, you know, some of you may have even like avoided this episode because you're like, ah, meditation. I know I'm supposed to do it, but I tried it and I don't know. It didn't really work for me. I can't clear my mind. (laughs) Um, And I am definitely like, I get that. (laughs) I am one of those people. I am type A. I have anxiety. I have a really hard time clearing my mind. But what I have noticed in my own life, but also in practice working with so many different runners is that our mindsets and how our minds work or don't work can be the biggest barriers to our success in our lives and also just in our performances as runners. A lot of my clients will put in you know, amazing training. They'll have their nutrition and fueling on point. They feel like things are going pretty well in their own lives. And when it comes to pushing themselves hard in a workout or on race day, they feel like their mindset and just their lack of confidence in themselves or their inability to really practice having like a tough mindset to push through pain is what holds them back from their goals. And That is where the topic of meditation and the practice of meditation and doing it in a consistent and intentional way can be so helpful because you guys, if we are not practicing changing our mindset or if we are not practicing what it feels like to be uncomfortable then we're not going to be good at it. <laughs> um, and it's not going to come naturally to us in a magical way. And I really loved this conversation with Genoa. Um, and I know you're going to love it too. So let's dive into this episode with Genoa Von Kiekum. Hi, Genoa, and welcome to the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast. I'm really excited to have you on the show today and really glad that um, we kind of crossed paths almost, almost just at the perfect time.
1: <laughs> it's funny how that works. Huh? No, I'm looking forward to chatting.
0: Yeah. So we're going to talk a lot about uh, meditation today. And this is a topic that um, I would say I don't know much about, but I really want to learn more about. And I think in turn doing that will benefit myself, but also like all of the people that I work with uh, as a dietitian and as a personal trainer. So I'm pretty excited to have your your expertise in this subject on the show today.
1: Beautiful. Look forward to it. Let's uh, let's get into it.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. If you could just introduce yourself, um, tell everyone like who you are, what you do, and where you live.
1: Sweet as. So my name is Janoa, and I'm based in Byron Bay in Australia. So that's uh, about you know, a nice nine-hour um, car ride north of Sydney, and it's this beautiful little town where we've got the beach on one side and we've got the beautiful sort of countryside and hills and hinterland on the other side and it's kind of a, a smallish town some cool bars restaurants so it's a nice little uh, little place to to end up and i my main focus is around helping people to free their minds from stress anxiety you know overwhelming negative thoughts and, and often in life we can feel quite stuck and, and overwhelmed and just kind of like almost just give up and think that's just how life is and have to have to push through and so um, that's the main, um, focus that I have when I work with people. And and one of the key tools that I use for that is, is meditation and and meditation is actually also funny enough. The, it was like the gateway drug for me to get into the space of personal development and spirituality and everything. Cause I was very, very skeptical prior to doing this work. And then funny enough, now <laughs> I'm a teacher and, and coach, but I thought it was all bullshit. And so it's funny, sort of coming from that position to now becoming a um, a teacher and using meditation as one of my main uh, modalities. So that's what I and I sort of I have two um, sort of one one business I have is a men's wellness performance business where we focus on men's wellness, emotional intelligence, that kind of thing. And then uh, my maverick is is my own personal um, brand, and that is focusing more heavily around like meditation and, and finding purpose and, and meaning. And that tends to actually be more focused with women. So I get to have a balance of working with with everybody really. It's quite cool.
0: That's so cool. And I I I love that you were a skeptic before and now you're like, you know, preaching it to the world, so to speak, and yeah. helping so many people. I think it's really funny when that happens and it's like, ah, yeah. oh, good testament to never say never.
1: <laughs> yeah. It it is and actually probably one of the bigger lessons that's uh taught me is that never hold on too tightly to your beliefs now or the way things are now. Like at this point in time, this might seem, you know, ultimately true and the way things are and the way things should be. Um, but if you're not able to have a little bit of like flexibility in, in, in the way you sit in your view on things, you, you're setting yourself up for some challenge. Because you know, had I have stuck with this rigid, no, I can't go back on that. This is all, you know, I wouldn't have had this amazing experience that I'm having now uh, and a whole total shift in my career as well. So it was a really good lesson. You're right and yes have your opinions and views and, and and stay you know solid in what you feel to be true but leave the door open for things to evolve and, and change as, as you move through life
0: oh that's just like everyone should just take that advice and run with it and i'm just thinking especially as it relates to like the internet right now <laughs> um, or like politics or anything uh, that's going on in the world like that's just such great advice <laughs> yeah
1: no it is it's it's and it, unfortunately there's been so many um challenging situations caused by, and lots of division caused by people who are unable to see and at least have any level of understanding or respect or compassion for another view and and see it as as purely as a threat. And that's a challenge. It's highlighted the nature of the human psyche if we're, you know, manipulated in a certain way, what can play out. So it's really, really, I I agree with you in the current um, climate, really, really important for you to sit back and go, okay, cool. This is my view and it's based on this, this and this. And that's theirs based on X, Y, Z as well. And can we still be okay Be okay together and have a, a level of respect as opposed to an attack on that person? So yeah, I agree.
0: Oh yeah, we could all use, I think, some development there. And it's just, it's really challenging, I think, to do that because I, like you think that you're so right, and then they think they are just as right as you do, yeah. but like it's the opposite, so it's just yeah, that's where like the the budding heads can really take place. family dynamics too, wow, this is gonna be a great conversation <laughs> um yeah, so I mean, even like you said you were a skeptic before, so what made you want to get into meditation?
1: So it wasn't that I wanted to get into meditation, it was that I was unsatisfied with life as it was, so i was i experienced you no know, anxiety i actually didn't realize <laughs> i didn't know what anxiety was i didn't i'd like now eight-year-olds are saying they're anxious they're anxious you know back back in the day <laughs> when, yeah. I was, yeah, when you know when i was in high school i didn't know really what anxiety was but i realized now that i had it right like, I'd, I'd, I'd feel physically ill i sometimes even vomit from it and that's that's how it was for me and um and I moved through, you know, I, I studied, a, I, sorry, I um, took a pretty traditional path. Like I finished high school and you know, I was playing in the footy teams and all the rest and doing what you do. Went traveling around the world. Then I came back and I actually studied two degrees. So I was very much in, you know, studying, career, blah, blah. Um, but at the same time, I, I had this knowing. I was like, I'm not at my best. I don't know what that means or what it looks like, but this, this can't be it. You know, like I was very much just going for the motions And my, you know, my purpose was getting hammered on the weekends. That was my excitement. That was my, like, let's, you know, it was all about the weekends. And so if you zoom back to see that as like a highlight or waiting for my next holiday to see that as, you know, what you're looking at as the, the excitement in your life, it's pretty small and pretty limited and, and not overly constructive. Right. And, and so I kind of had this knowing and an inkling, but I was also not really sure where to look or what to do. And then if anyone would mention something like, you know, meditation or personal development or, you know, I'd look at like a life coach and you're like, Fuck, I need a fucking life coach. Like that was my, you know, like, what are they going to teach me? What, you know, what's, what's some 30 year old who's never had a life going to teach me at 20, 25. And I, that was my, um, my mindset. And so I was very like, whatever, and and also I suppose that there are unfortunately some representations of gurus and teachers and all that <clears throat> coaches that aren't overly healthy, right? And aren't overly in, in embodied and can be kind of preachy and almost like condescending. And, and so I also took that on a bit and I was like, oh, if that's what the world is like, I'm not, I'm not into it, you know, and there's the whole gurus that have done the wrong thing. And, and unfortunately you remember those, what those stories, right? And so that I gotta,
0: more- I gotta jump in here too. Cause I gotta tell you, like when you emailed me about yourself and just like, you know, connecting and whatnot, that's like what I thought of. I was like, let me check this guy out. Cause <laughs> I have this preconceived notion, you know, of what this type of person is. And I'm scrolling through your social media. I'm like, I love this guy. Like he's <laughs> awesome. Like this is, not I am wrong. So thank you for pointing that out. Continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's good. And that actually kind of, that feeds into the fast track of a motivation for me in becoming a teacher and doing the work that I, that I do, which we can, we can get to in a, in a, in a moment. Uh, but in terms of me sort of getting into meditation, what it was was me not being satisfied fundamentally and not knowing what that looked like. And I, so the, at that time I was working for an alcohol company. So I was the you know, state sales manager, state manager for an alcohol company. And I had a few I had clients and one of my clients, they happened to be meditators. And it was the first time, I saw people that meditated in a different light. They were quote unquote normal. They still drank alcohol and partied and ate meat and were really successful in multiple businesses. They were creative and operating at this level up here and they were cool. And, you know, one of the um, Jackie who ended up becoming my teacher and a really good friend, like, you know, she owned a PR company and she was like a ball breaker, you know, female businesswoman. And I was like, Whoa, like, and her partner used to own a vodka label and a fashion brand. I was like, Fucking yeah! Like, okay, that, and that was the first time for me. I was like, and her dad was a surfer, and he owned the restaurant, and I was like, this is cool. And it was the first time I ever saw it in a different light, and that sort of put the door ajar, and I started exploring it. And also, I was interested in performance, right? I was like, how can I sleep less, do more, you know, be stronger, stay younger and fitter, you know, be more creative. That's what I what I was in as well, and you know, I went through a, um, like my entry into the world of podcasts was um, Tim Ferriss. And so there was obviously a, a solid theme there with, you know, his reviews and research into high performance and and meditation and mindfulness was just always there. And I was like, okay, mate, it's time to get out of your way and explore this. And so I ended up learning from some of my first clients. Jack She ended up becoming a meditation teacher. She's similar to me. She's like, there's something in this. And she studied, went over to India, studied, came back, blah, blah. And I was like, and because I trusted her and I liked her and she resonated, I was like, all right, let's go. I'm in. And I still remember. And it was still, there was a level of like, and I, what I learned was called Vedic. And um, and what is funny, because I remember when you uh, learn this, you have to bring some fruit and flowers. It's like a little mini ceremony at the beginning. And there's different levels. You don't have to do that. It was the, the the style that I learned. <laughs> I remember standing there at the street, what was I, 26, I think, <laughs> no, 26, 27, something like that, in Sydney, in, a, in Paddington, which is a buzzy part of town. And, and I'm standing there holding my fruit and my flowers. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, if anyone might see me, what I'm, what what do I say? Like, <laughs> it's like well, I'm just standing there waiting to go into this place. I was like, maybe I'll say i on a date or something like that, like bring my flowers and fruits. It was just, it was quite funny. And anyway, so <laughs> I, I <laughs> so um, I, I learned and I was just, I was like, I'm going to give this a crack. Like, I'm in. I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with it. And so I learned. It didn't make sense to me at first. I was like, we did the thing. She gave me my mantra, blah, blah. And I was, I would sit there and meditate and I'd just be saying the mantra and thinking. And I was like, I'm not sure if I get it. And it was uncomfortable. You know, I was like, oh, I just want to get out of here. So That's not working. Like, you know, all the resistance, of course, coming up. And but I was like, I'm sticking with it. And it wasn't like a power like wow, pe- pivotal moment where I mean, see everything for what it is. It's just a slow, very subtle shift over time. And but because I stuck with it, it started shifting. And I remember at first I felt I was really, really tired. I was like exhausted after I was meditating for the first few weeks. And I was like, I remember saying to Jack, I was like, um, I'm not sure if this is working. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I feel exhausted. And she's like, okay, tell me about the last 10 years of your life. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, how, do you, how did you live? Blah, blah. And I was like, I partied every weekend. I worked hard. I was loose. I, was, I can go out sleeping and work and party. That's how I operated. She's like, so would you say that your body has accumulated a lot of fatigue and stress over the last 10 years? I'm like,
0: uh, <laughs> Maybe. hell yeah. <laughs> just a little bit
1: and so just like that's your body laundering and detoxing the build-up that your body's holding on to of stress and tension and fatigue because you haven't given yourself the proper time to rest and repair and heal and that's what your body's doing now so you're going to experience a little bit of on the way out but once you do it moves through and it's, it's 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 gone and i'm like ah and then i experienced that over time i was like i get it so it's like a it's like a this is where a lot of the resistance comes for people because it's a it's a processing of accumulated stress in the body and that doesn't feel good uh and so that was the sort of the shift for me and then um I still remember I was like I started to see subtle shifts and I remember asking my parents once I was like oh do you think I've changed um much and you could fair to say that their response um (laughs) made it pretty clear either how much of an asshole I used to be or just how much better I've become (laughs) Um, but that was kind of and that was the the experience of moving um, from being skeptic to then meditating and starting to see some shifts.
0: Oh, my God. So many good points there. And I think anyone listening to who's listened to my podcast before, or maybe they're a client even, they're probably like, I see how this relates to running. I see how this relates to nutrition and ditching like a restrictive mindset um, you know, it's all intertwined so much because I, I say things like that to people all the time. Like there is a period where it has to maybe sometimes get a little bit worse before it gets mm-hmm. better. Um, but you have to kind of like, you know, stay consistent when you don't want to, um, which is so hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And that's, you know, a hundred percent. If you haven't trained either in a while or in a certain style, the first few weeks suck.
0: It's terrible. Like, it yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, like you're sweating and it's gross and it hurts. You don't want to do it. And you're looking for excuses to not do it and then, and all the rest. And then if you stick consistently through that, you're like, oh, this is a little bit easier now. Like it's not as, and then, right. And, and the same with everything. And so you, you're hundred percent out of there. And that's, we don't uh, think with meditation, people have this idea that it's going to be this like weekend transformative peak experience and something like, ah, oh, I'm healed. And it's like, it will be like saying if I do this weekend fitness retreat, I'm going to work off 10 years of not exercising and keep me solid for the next 10 years too. Is that going to, is that going to work? No, it's not. Um, and, and so that's a bit of a shift in mind to understand. It's like it's consistency that will show results similar to anything. Mm.
0: Totally. And I work a lot with people who maybe have done like a lot of fad diets, you know, throughout mm. their life. So, you know, they're in a, you know, they have maybe been in a bad relationship with their bodies or with food for decades and decades and decades, you know, and we work together for a few months and they're like, I feel like there's a lot to unpack and I, how long is this going to take, you know? And, and it, it takes a long time. If you've been consistent in a different mindset for a long yeah. period of time, it's really hard to change that.
1: Mm, mm. And there's no, and a lot of people also, they like to hear timelines. So, so when do you think, I'm going to be fixed. Or when does this happen? It's like, so when will I be here? And it's probably even more challenging to measure then like depending on what your goal is in, in fitness or nutrition. If, I mean, if there's a clear weight goal or or strength or, or, or pace you're looking for, you can, you can kind of measure that, but with emotional and I mean, you can kind of see maybe you're less reactive, but it's, there's not a clear pillar. It's like, Oh, I can, yes, I finally hit this mark now, or in a month of time, this is going to happen. It is, it's a lot more subtle, um and not as tangible as that which makes it even more challenging i suppose.
0: Mm. Yeah, let me just get out my crystal ball and see what it <laughs> says. Yeah, yeah, i mean my favorite answer is like i don't know it depends because it's it's subjective it's hard to measure the subjective. Let's take a minute to hear a word from our sponsor which is The Feed. You guys, when i first discovered The Feed um back at the very beginning of my training for the Boston Marathon this year 2022 I was so excited um, because The Feed is a website that you can go to, and they pretty much carry any sports nutrition brand item that you could think of. And you can order samples, you can order full containers, and you know, in bulk supply and everything in between. And it is such an amazing resource that I point all my clients to, anyone that I work with, because at the end of the day, Sports nutrition, um, you know, the principles are going to apply to everyone, but what actual products work for your body and that you actually like, that's really going to depend on the individual. So I love that I can partner with a brand that carries so many different sports nutrition products so that you can go find what works for you and you can go try samples so that you're making sure you're investing in something that you actually like. To go save 15% off of your feed order, you can visit the link in the show notes and use code FITCOOKIE15 at checkout. Um, so you mentioned that um, what you have experience with and what you learned and then also help others with is Vedic meditation. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about like what that is and just what the other types of meditation are? Because I didn't know that there were different types. So that's that was fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, and it's really for a lot of people they they have tried an app, right? At the most people's first, or maybe they've had someone at the end of yoga class, tell them to clear their mind of the day or leave their thoughts at the door or whatever it is. And they're like, this is meditation. I can't do it. And and so for, for a lot of people, it's a very limited exposure to what meditation is. And I again, relate it to exercise, right? So just like exercise, meditation, everyone knows they should be doing it. But which type? depends it'd be like so what, what a lot of people do is they'll try an app or be guided and they're like this nut nah, wasn't fun it'd be like someone going i need to, i need to you know, look after my body and start doing some exercise and going and doing a heavy strength class and going nah didn't like that and then deciding i'm not going to exercise because that's i can't exercise
0: mm.
1: no what you do is you maybe try going for a run maybe do some yoga Uh, Maybe you do, maybe spin class is more your style. Or maybe there's a a lower intensity style of of exercise. There's so many different types that are out there depending on what works for you and what you're after. And so similar to meditation, there are different types out there depending on you, what works for you and kind of what you're after. So I like to break down into two main categories, I suppose. I try to simplify because there's lots of different nuances in in meditation and styles, which can be confusing. Uh, The first category is more based around directive styles of meditation. So think of it as you're trying to do something. It's active. There's effort involved. And so most of the apps that you'll see involve this. So maybe you're contemplating on your thoughts, right, or contemplating on an idea, Right? So you're actively placing awareness. You're thinking about something or trying to place awareness on the nature of your thoughts. Now, um, so there's, there's, there's effort there, and they're really good for increasing your awareness of the goings-on in, in your mind and, um, and can be really, really, really helpful in the in components. Another type is, it is used is concentration. So maybe you're being told to focus on your breath, right, or maybe the end of your nose, right, or you focus on a flame. Right. so focused attention and um, this is a, a lot of effort it's really concentrating really really hard to sort of if you almost absorb yourself with just this one thing you almost like you you lose your concept of being um, engaged in the re, in the real world and you have little moments of this where you're like oh. uh, but these styles are what was probably practiced more so by monks and people living a very different style of of, of life than us and so while they're really easy as a like dip the toe in the water, they're really quite easy to guide and have on apps that people can do or be, you know, or maybe a visualization where you are told to visualize a beautiful stream and going for the forest and, you know, and these kind of experiences, they are um, really, really cool to, to do. But what I see and have experienced is, for people to really start seeing some shifts over time, they need to do a lot of it, but then th- these are better, like longer is better in these styles. And also because there is effort, you're still trying to do something. And often people have this idea that there's an end goal in these styles. Like, you know, I remember I would do guided and I, I start thinking about, there'd be, I'd be going for a visualization and I'll be, you know, going for the forest and I'd be like, Oh, this is magic. And then I go, I start thinking about my day the next day. and I'd, Oh shit. And I'd come back and I'm like, Damn it! Where am I meant to be now? I've missed. I was in the forest before. And now he's talking about being somewhere else. I'm like, what have I missed? Is the good bit? You know, and that that kind of thing would go on, and and so these ones can be they can be quite challenging uh, for, for people, and because there is effort, you're still really trying to do something. So different parts of the uh, the brain are being activated. Now, the other category, which is now which is what I end up working with and and focusing on, so I, I, I use the other style which is mostly what you see in the apps and they're great for tools and techniques in real time to shift states. The non-directive is the second category. And this is where the sort of self-transcendent styles, which is like, if you've heard of TM, you know, Vedic, that's these styles of meditation. and They're often confused as concentration styles of meditation. And the, the Vedic, which is what I um, studied, they work with mantras. And mantra in this scenario is not an affirmation. So an affirmation is, you know, people are like, oh, my mantra is love. My mantra is, you know, um, worthiness or whatever, you know, whatever it is, they're more affirmations. No, oh, I am worthy. While mantras in these styles of meditation are based on sound vibration, right? So, you know, the most common mantra as an example is OM, right? It's just a sound vibration. Um. And if you if you go down the quantum physics realm, like everything at a deeper level is energy, it's vibration. And so what we're working with here is using these mantras to engage the mind in a way that isn't causing it to be overly active and try to do. So you're not trying to visualise something. You're not trying to focus really hard on something. You're not trying to contemplate and make sense of, of your thoughts. And when you're just whispering this sound, right, it's a sound that has no rational meaning either. So you're not sitting there going, ooh, wonder what love could look like in my life or, you know, what does it mean to be worthy? It's just a sound. Does that make sense? And so when the the mind is engaged with the sound with no meaning, we're not trying to do or create anything, it allows it to, it helps it to de-excite. And when it does that, it moves beyond the sort of the relative day-to-day thinking and into a state of just being, and you sort of, your mind's just like mantra, mantra, and you're sort of just saying it. And part of this process is also going to be the flow within mantra and thought. So a lot of people think the idea is that you're meant to be able to empty your mind. So I'm almost a decade in. I still have meditations where I sit there and think a lot, right? It's a part of the process. It'd be like a tango, heart. Okay, heart, stop beating. No, nah, not gonna happen, right? And so the way it works is when you're saying the mantra and your mind de-excites, the mind and body, they're one, right? They're connected. So anything that starts going on in the mind there's gonna be a, a response in the body and the body de-excites. And so what happens when the body de-excites it moves out of the doing it moves out of survival because we're like the amount of stimulus we're involved in every day we're just like going 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 blah blah trying to trying to create this visualization trying to focus on this trying to do these things and when we're just like we're sort of in this state of being the nervous system regulates and de-excites and when our bodies get into this deep state (laughs) it is a prime state for us to heal and recover And our bodies have innate ability and innate intelligence to do this. Just like, you know, and and often that can sound a bit, you know, innate intelligence. That can sound a little bit esoteric. But the fundamentals are, do we we as human beings create and actively control the process of a baby growing inside a, a body? Nope. If you cut your arm... Did your body heal that for you? Yes. Like our bodies are profoundly intelligent and are profoundly powerful healers. And so when we, but if we are constantly in the doing and in survival and running on stress, that, that deeper healing is to the back burner. That doesn't matter. It's surviving in real time. And so when we're in this state, our bodies can finally like enter these deeper states of processing and, and recovery. And so what this is doing is that a deep physical rest level is helping our bodies to process the buildup of stress and tension and fatigue that's accumulated in our bodies over time and so just to reinforce that point our bodies accumulate stress and tension and fatigue so if you have an extremely stressful you know ptsd like you have a traumatic experience you don't just that's not done for the weekend and it's see you later we carry that right we, we know we carry that it's like fatigue you don't have a bender on the weekend or have a sleepless night and then have one two good nights sleep and you're recovered again that's not how it works unfortunately we can't process that quickly and, and recover that quickly and so what this <clears throat> um, technique is doing is allowing our bodies to process the buildup of stress and tension and fatigue that is stored in our bodies and is dysregulated our nervous system and is you know. Say, for example, what a lot of people experience is that they, over time, they start feeling like they are developing a little bit more anxiety than they used to, like particularly these last two years, right? People that were okay are now saying like, oh, why am I suddenly having a panic attack? Or why am I feeling anxious? Or why am I feeling stressed? It's because our bodies have accumulated stress and tension. And we sort of, the baseline used to be, say, down here. And over time, it rises. And so what that means is if your baseline is up here, it doesn't take much to flick you over. So what we're doing over time is lowering the baseline again. So it takes a lot more to flick you over into a reactive, uh, stressed response. And so that's the, the basics of um, this style of meditation that I work with. So I find it goes a lot deeper in terms of impact on the, the nervous system. Uh, it's also actually, weirdly enough, I find it easier. A lot of people would try apps, and like, I can't work it out. I can't get it. It does seem to be doing anything for me that this actually works better because there's not as much of a worry about you can disappear in thought and you can come back it's more like a flow between so um that is what what i um, focus on teach mainly um and see some really really cool shifts with so i hope that without tread the line between going too deep and then explaining it but um hope that makes sense
0: that was great i think um As as runners too, like I I hear all the time and I'm a runner myself, um, you know, I hear all the time like, oh, I don't really want to do yoga or I don't want to do meditation or I don't want to do anything that's like, you know, not intense. And it's a podcast. I'm using air quotes, uh, not intense, Um, you know, and I. And I I get that, but I also cause I think a lot of runners tend to be really anxious people or type A or kind of like busy mindsets. Um and I'm like, well, I disagree with you because I think what running does for you is it does kind of get you to 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 chill like in your mind a little bit, um, because you are focused on the task at hand or you're focused on just the the footbeats, you know, on the ground. Um, or you're doing a really hard workout, so you can't focus on anything else. Um, mm. and I think like if someone gets injured or if that, you know, exercise is taken away, um, I think it's so important for people to have like another outlet, um, you know, or other ways to cope with stress. And in a world, like you said, where we're not monks, um, we are are in fight or flight. A lot of the time you have to kind of like manually put that into your day to de-stress.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And, and it's interesting. I, I do see a lot of those type a people and and um, people who like who like their performance is often based on their edge, like their, their ability, that sort of, you know, that competitive edge. And a lot of, there's a lot of fear around if I meditate into yoga, will I become this airy, floaty, like lose my edge? And it's like, actually, you have more energy reserve for having it placed intentionally on certain things. Does that make sense? So instead of you, because if you're in your days, if you're anxious and stressed and you're you're pumping through so much energy, right? adrenaline cortisol was being you know pumped into the body now imagine if you were at a more calm regulator state when you wanted to go you then have more energy stored in the body so you can use it intentionally and so and then when you finish you want to be able to come down and recover again from that because often we can we stay heightened for a long time afterwards so it's again and i remember having one of my clients he was a he's in his what's he 40 And he's like father of two, owns a few F45s. He's a professional um, CrossFit competitor as well. And he's one of those guys, he gets up at like 4.30, he looks like a unit, um, drinks his black coffee, like nutrition on point, like all that kind of thing. Times his naps in the afternoon to recover and all the thing. Like, and I worked with him and he had, I think it's a whoop. I think he had, it was a, I think it was a whoop. Yeah, yeah. And he started tracking, he always tracks his recovery and he compared, he's like, I'm going to compare this. I said, let's do it. So he compared an afternoon nap with 20 minutes of meditation. And there was a 50% shift in recovery and a nap versus meditation for 20 minutes. He was like, huh, okay. I guess my naps are done now. (laughs) And that's what he needed to hear and see to like, okay, this is what it's going to do for me. Cause it's a very, it's, it's a different sort of recovery than sleep. But what they've, they've seen is that, um, compared to sleep, it can actually bring you to deeper levels of, of rest in terms of your oxygen consumption and your metabolic rates and, and um like body temperature and and all that kind of thing. And so I was like there's it's a different level of rest that your body's um getting. So it's actually quite profound in um around high performance as well.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say like in terms of performance benefits, whether it's CrossFit, running, you know, someone who's really trying to get the most out of themselves, like um how can it kind of help and what do you see in practice and like what do you tell people um in terms of like how to use it
1: yeah so the fund the fundamental inhibitors of performance would be stress in terms of obviously there's eustress and distress so you know we want to be in the good stress eustress so for a lot of us though because we're so heightened so many things start moving over into the distressful um bracket so the biggest inhibitors of our performance would be stress and fatigue, right? They're also the biggest ages for us. Now what meditation is really doing is decreasing and working through stress and fatigue. And even a, at a more practical daily level, if you are, you know, constantly under stress, distress, your body's pumping, even just like cortisol in the system, it's pumping it out in the system, right? Your body's pumping adrenaline to the system. Now, Adrenaline, you can lead to fatigue. If, if you're pumping that out for no reason, you, you're going to potentially um, lead to adrenal fatigue. Now, also cortisol, if you're pumping that into the system and it's not being used up, it, um, it can actually decrease your muscle um, tissue that, and that and will obviously um, decrease that and that can impact the your metabolism. So it's almost like having it can um, impact brain fog, it can impact your ability to think um, like expansively and constructively. And so it's almost like like cortisol is really powerful for helping in the morning to get energy. It's really great for, you know, when you've got to, when you've got to go, but if you're pumping out your system throughout the day, other times, it's just, almost like acid into the system. Right. And when you're also in this heightened state, all the basic functions like digestion, immune system, you know, that recovery they go out the window because when we're in that heightened distressed state, it's about survival in the moment, right? It's reactive. It's what are the negatives. And so what we're doing here is we're blocking the basic systems that we need to perform at our best as, as human beings. So, um, and, and even uh, aging, right? Stress and fatigue, one of the biggest ages of ourselves. And so by, using specific powerful techniques i.e. meditation to slow down the aging process and help recovery it's going to increase our longevity as well so it's just it's it's really it's really cool to understand that it's not gonna it's not one of those things that's just designed for hippies and monks and it's airy fairy it's i use it for performance um and there are different styles that you can use so um yeah that's that's when it comes to um physical performance it's really 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 vital as well
0: that's cool and and like just to use an example so like say you know some someone um like gets up in the morning they go for their run they go to work or do whatever they're doing throughout the day is there like a good time of day to practice Mm. this type of meditation
1: yeah so i recommend to do it within the first 10 minutes of waking. Purely because for most of us, and I'm the same, once I've gotten up and started my day, the chances of me going, Oh, I want to go back and meditate now are, are quite low, especially if you've got a lot on. So, what I would recommend is that you make it as part of this morning routine, like habit loop, that you don't even question anymore. So, like in the morning, if i have got to go for a meeting at seven o'clock and I've got a train, I'll be like, Cool. So, I just, without even thinking, I'll factor in time to brush my teeth, have a shower, have some breakfast, you know, a coffee. They're like non negotiables for me, right? Meditation needs to fit into that. Off the meditation, that thing, like, oh, see if I can wake up in the morning and go, oh, see if I can fit it in. Where can I fit it in? Mm -mm. You need the night before, factor in that 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it's going to be as like this non negotiable. So, I would highly recommend that you create like your morning structured, you know, and even in terms of, mental bandwidth throughout the day. If you pre-plan that first hour of your day, you're not you're not decision fatigue. Do I do this? What should I have breakfast? What should I wear today? Do I meditate? Do I not? Blah, blah. You're already using up vital energy for your mind throughout the day for unneeded um, decisions that you're making in the morning. So if you can create that first half an hour, 45 minutes, hour, as simple and structured as possible so there's less thinking uh, in, involved in terms of wondering what to do, that's a really really powerful way to start the day. and then the second one I would recommend would be like an afternoon recharge. So I used to drink I, I used to drink coffee in the afternoon to get me back up again so I could you know go or, or train in the afternoon if I was training at nighttime or work more. and obviously we, with coffee with its, um, with its life in the system, you know any coffee after about midday, you know when you go to bed at 9 10 o'clock it's still in your system it's going to inhibit a your sleep or B the quality of your sleep. And so I was noticing that. And so I don't have a love coffee. That's my thing in the morning, but I won't have it after about lunchtime. And in the afternoon, I use meditation as like a recharge. So it's like, you know, the afternoon lull that you sometimes feel, mm-hmm. I'll meditate. And that's like my recharge as opposed to a, a coffee. Um, so they'd be the two prime times to do it if possible, but also get it in whenever you can. Just weasel it in. <laughs>
0: Yes. Be consistent. It sounds like, and um, to kind of like get on the topic of people who are skeptical about, you know, meditation, like, you, you know, I think when people think of meditation, they think of, yeah, a bunch of people in a dark room going, um, trying to clear their minds. Um, can you talk a little bit about like, you know, what would you tell someone who is trying to get around the thought of, I need to clear my mind when it comes to this so that when they go in for, you know, maybe their first attempt at meditation they don't feel like they're failing because like you said hmm. you know you, you you still think a lot in you've been doing it for a long time in a in a high capacity
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so thoughts are innate in us as human beings just like the heartbeats we think and in this style of, of meditation and in most styles of meditation but it's a bit more concentrated in in working with the mantra there is stress release going on so our bodies are always removing and processing stress and we've got to the way our bodies process stress or emotion is by feeling it we've got to feel it we've become so good at numbing and escaping we don't like to feel anymore right we're either keep busy it's sex it's netflix it's booze it's medication we don't want to feel we want to we all we do is we overthink everything (laughs) but we don't want to we don't want to feel right so when our bodies are in a, you know, in a experience of meditation, we're often a lot more calm and there's less like going on in the world. We're not trying to do anything. We're actually just in our bodies. And that will encourage stress to start being released and processed through the body. The body's like, Oh, okay. We're, we're just sitting still and it's quiet and it's calm. And I'm not trying to do anything right now or solve anything or lift heavy weights or you know and the body's up, so the body will start processing, and that feels uncomfortable. And as a byproduct of that moving through the body, the mind is going to kick back into gear again and start thinking about that tension. So, you might have some stuff moving through the body, and your mind will start thinking about, Oh, I've got such it might be some tension that you're working through right now. And often, meditations are a reflection of what's going on in your life. So, if you're going through tough times or you're under a lot of pressure, the meditations are going to reflect that because it's going to help process what you're going through in a concentrated environment and so what will happen is your mind is going to start thinking about whatever's going on in the body so it might be some tension or stress your body your mind might start going through your you know to do list for tomorrow or this argument you had with someone right and that is a valid and natural part of the process now the kicker here and this is why we have the mantra to work with is to then have that mantra that light anchor so when you when you realize you're thinking you're like oh cool I'm thinking that's part of the process. I'm releasing stress. You move back to the mantra and it's that really effortless flow. Not like, shit, I'm thinking, fuck, I'm idiot. Like, right, right. It's like, cool, that's a thought. We come back to the mantra and it's that flow between. And you might have moments where there's nothing. That might be for two seconds. It might be for two minutes. And then you have a thought pop up again and then you come back to the mantra and it's this beautiful state of flow between. But what the, the thing to know is that This is designed for your body to do the work. It's not designed to be blissful. It's designed for your body to do the work so you can perform at your best when you're out in the world. Like, I don't want to be at my best and calmest and happiest and most creative when I've got my eyes closed in the corner of a room. I want to be at my best when I'm engaged in the world. And so that's what this process is doing. So I look at meditation is the work, just like exercise. Like I go to the gym, so I look good and I feel good when I'm in the world right similar this like you meditate so you can react think better you know behave in, in different ways and feel better out in the world so it's a really cool thing to get your head around is that a messy thinky uncomfortable meditation is doing its job um so that's kind of a bit of a reframe on people thinking that you the aim is to empty your mind and have a beautiful calm blissful experience which isn't the way it is most of the time
0: Such a reality check. I love it. Um, like that's the point. That's the point. You're doing (laughs) it right. If it kind of sucks. Um, I think that's awesome. I, I mean, even to apply that to like, you know, if you're at, you know, the end of a marathon or something really challenging like that, you know, if we're like, Oh no, it's hard. I'm terrible at this. No, it's the end of a marathon. It is supposed to be hard. Um, and kind of embracing that in a different way, I think, you know, our mindsets can be the biggest barriers like to our success. So I think, you know, you can kind of, uh, you know, count yourself out in meditation before you even give yourself a true shot at it, which is, uh, which is really important.
1: Yeah. No, it, it, it's true. And what you're also doing is you're strengthening while you're in the meditation, your brain is stimulating this style of meditation that in work with man to the self transcendent. Your whole brain is um, lit up in, in, and there's a level of coherence that goes on. And what, what's also happening is we are strengthening the muscle of our ability to move away from the thoughts, the negative thoughts, and the stress into a place of calm, groundedness. And so that muscle gets strengthened by regular practice. It's like so twice a day you're strengthening that muscle. So in real time, when you're in a challenging situation, you're running a marathon, and you find yourself going. you've already practiced coming back to the here, to the now. And so that muscle is stronger than what it would have been without any practice. So it's also in that sense, and it's strengthening our brain's neuroplasticity, which is its ability to create new neural pathways, new habits, new ways of thinking. So it's also really good support for other work. If you're doing other coaching, other therapy, it's going to strengthen the impact that they have on you because also it's regulating the nervous system And when you're regulated and, and de-excited and in the parasympathetic you're more open to receiving and absorbing um new things as well so it also helps with that component
0: that's a really helpful metaphor because i i use that a lot of the time with my clients who maybe have like a lot of negative self-talk whether it's around food their body image their uh, identity as an athlete mm-hmm. like if you are constantly flexing that muscle the other ones you know the ones that are productive usually, um, you know, they're not going to be strong. So it's really important to like, again, intentionally put that into your day, even if it's uncomfortable.
1: Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. It's literally like training. It's a pretty, um, it's a state that's pretty conducive to high performance and a better way of living. So familiarizing your body and mind with that is going to make it easy to access in real time. So by you familiarizing yourself with, This state that is you know more conducive to living better, feeling better, thinking better in real time. It's going to be easier for you to come back to that, right? If you don't familiarize yourself with that state, how are you going to get there when you're under the pump? It's going to be really really hard. So it's that you like by practicing, you're strengthening your ability to come back to this state. You're like, oh, I actually kind of know what that kind of feel, and it's not a conscious thing. You have to actively you know your body's like, okay, if I if I you know, maybe do a few deep breaths. Oh yeah, we've been here before. Like I can get here. Um, so it's literally also because we also we always go for the default. What's easy? We've we've gone down the same thought process, same path, same pattern for twenty years. We're going to keep doing that unless we actively start breaking the twigs away for for a new path every day. And then it's like, oh, okay, this becomes a bit easier now. Um, so yeah, in in that sense, it's helping us to be able to shift to a more constructive state of mind in real time.
0: Yes, exactly. I think that's, that's spot on. And hopefully, you know, we've convinced some people to try it out, try it again, if you've tried it once um, and make it a part of your practice. And are there any like resources or just like advice you would give to someone who's like, yes, I'm sold. I want to go give this a shot um, that they could turn to.
1: Um, so it depends where you're, at with with meditation so for some people the the apps are, are great and when and that's all they need and, and epic but if you're like nah apps aren't quite cutting it for me I want to try something different then i would um try to find i mean obviously I've, there are online courses that you can do for this style but i would thoroughly recommend um getting like taught just like getting taught how to lift properly or how to you know have a better running technique or whatever it is, like you're going to be able to have a much better experience. And that's, I think a lot of people they will like kind of self do it. And some people that goes really well with but for a lot of people, it's like, they kind of try it and it's like, oh, I can't, this is not working for me. Um So I would literally like search for, um, I mean, you can type Vedic uh, in um obviously there's, Cutler, I'm sure there's other I don't know many other teachers around that offer um, this style of, of, of technique at a online level I mean I've got a few courses that do online basic um, ones for this style um, but I would explore like explore different types listen to a few people talk about it and and just like with exercise finding what lands for you.
0: Yeah, and that brings me to to where where can people find you and your resources because you have a lot going on and and I think a lot of people would probably benefit from it.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the main the main course I have is a just it's an online. It's called um, Maverick uh, Meditation, and it's mainly the, the the way I'm most active is in Instagram. So that if people have got questions, you can you know message me and I'll answer those questions and, and sort of direct you there. But that's probably the best um, avenue. There's a, you can go anywhere from you know a, a self guided course where i teach you on, on videos and you walk away um to full one-on-one coaching and, and meditation stuff is a fair um fair range to go through
0: awesome yeah and i think like you said sometimes having that mentor that guidance can be helpful because if you start to feel uncomfortable or you start to question if what you're doing is right like it's nice to have a resource to go to
1: yeah and just answer those questions that don't make sense um because i the, the basics of it is is that and the reason why I became a teacher was was I was like the impact this can have in your life if you do it and stick with it is profound. And I just wish everyone was able to experience it and understand it and at least, you know, properly try to integrate it into their lives. And that was why I came in to do what I do to make it a bit more digestible. um, I suppose. So it's just, you know, I guess it's more around like, what's your priority in, in life you know a lot of people it's like "Oh, i'm too busy i'm like you're not too busy you've just which is fine like just be your own about what you prioritize um and and look at like what that what that looks like because often we forget about the nervous system we're good at training these muscles and we forget about the, the fundamental which is our nervous system so it's like what are you doing for your nervous system and your and your mind
0: yeah. And you talk a lot on your like on your Instagram and social media channels about like people who feel stuck or like they don't have a lot of purpose um, like in their lives. And how have you seen meditation kind of just be a really big helper for someone who's maybe feeling that way?
1: So what I find meditation really, really does is it helps bring you out of a very constricted, narrow, negative um Often fear-based mindset, and it starts opening things up. And so, things in the past that you were quite absorbed in and really stuck on and really focused on, they tend to become um, less dominating. And this is a this is literally you don't have to do anything. Like the beauty of meditation is you just do it, and you start becoming more aware. And things that used to really you know trigger you don't anymore, and you can start seeing more for what what it is. And you are because if you're in a in a fear state your confidence in trying something different or think you know having a level of uh, worth of yourself that maybe i can have a different impact in the world it's not there right and so by when that starts to shift it allows you to sort of look bigger and go oh okay maybe i can see this what it is maybe i can i've got the confidence to to do this and it's a lot more it just shifts to a way more expansive way of um of thinking and it's like in terms of that sort of purpose work it's Um, meditation feels like that opening of the gate and then other things you can start delving into it's really going to help your ability to see a lot more um, when you start delving into areas around like well how do I get myself out of this rut Um, because often when we're in a rut it can be very limiting way of thinking and this sort of starts taking away those limits
0: that's really helpful and I think um, kind of like you mentioned too, it's, it's important to to flex that muscle. Cause if you are seeing the forest through the trees, you know, so to speak, it's like, okay, it's really hard to, you know, get yourself out of that by like thinking your way out. So it's just, yeah. it's helpful to like set that space. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we get to our end of the podcast question?
1: Um, nah, I think we've, uh, I think we've thrown it all in. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, I'm very curious to hear your answer, especially from someone who is of a meditative mindset. But um, all right, so like you are finishing the best workout of your life, or you're crossing the finish line of like the best race of your life. Is there a song that would be playing to like embody what you're feeling in that moment?
1: <laughs> is there a song? Well
0: what's the mood? Enough, funnily
1: enough. <laughs> The I'm actually very musically I range from like when I'm training, sometimes I'll have like gangster rap on, sometimes I'll have Taylor Swift on. Sometimes I'll have sometimes I'll have and there's no shame about it. Sometimes I'll have country music on. Like I love it all. And and so to be honest, and probably my pick would almost be um I'm a country music guy. Like I I, I love it. And um so I reckon that for me, that kind of the country music almost becomes like, it's a bit like nostalgic and and, and emotional in that sense. So that'd be my, um, that'd be my, my choice would be um, a froth Chris Stapleton. So that'd be, and it's kind of like calming, nice. Like that'd be my, one of my favorite things to do is to listen to country music, drink whiskey, you know, have some pretzels. Uh, <laughs> that'd be my little reward after the big race. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. I appreciate someone who has a wide range of music because I am, I am the same way. It is, it is like classic rock. It is um, Taylor Swift. It is like the Harry Potter soundtrack. Like there's there's nothing off the limits. So yeah, I appreciate right. that. <laughs> I love good <laughs> I love a good Chris Stapleton song.
1: Oh, uh, how good. Yeah. Yeah. That it's a range.
0: I love it. Well, Genoa, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing all of this with us. I really hope we've convinced some people that meditation is for them and they should give it a shot and not be afraid of being a bit uncomfortable.
1: Mm, yep, yeah, I agree, I hope.
0: <laughs> Genoa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and teaching us all a little bit more about meditation. And I hope you guys, maybe if you were skeptical before or if you've given meditation a shot in the past and you feel like it didn't work for you, or that it felt uncomfortable, or it felt cheesy, I hope that this helps you, Um, you know, maybe give it another shot, maybe learn to sit in the discomfort a little bit, because that is the whole point. Um, And I hope that this episode titled In Defense of Meditation has really defended meditation and the concepts. If you guys want to find Genoa on Instagram, or learn more about his practice which is called Mind Maverick Meditation and all of the different resources he offers, you can visit his link in the show notes. And again, thank you to The Feed for sponsoring this episode of the Fit Cookie Nutrition podcast. You can visit the link in the show notes and use code FITCOOKIE15 at checkout to save 15% off your The Feed order. If you guys have been appreciating and enjoying the podcast and the episodes, I would love it so much if you would give me a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast player on which you listen to this show. It honestly just helps so much. Um, It helps me find guests like Genoa. It helps me find sponsors for the show. It helps other people get access to this free platform (laughs) and information. And I wouldn't be here without you guys. So if you've been enjoying the show, I'd really appreciate that rating and review. Tell your friends about it. Tag me on your social media accounts at Cookie Nutrition. Until next time, guys, happy running. you